But funnily enough, that still took like two hours to shoot. (laughs) So I don't know if he was just really bad at acting walking that day. But (laughs) I wasn't complaining because I was quite happy to sit and watch. But spoiler, he was looking, I think, at um, Brooke Lyons, who plays Natalie in a building. So episode four. I think I can give you that. Mm. You might find Natalie. And I believe that's uh, Wag the Tongue Slowly. I believe that's the one that's called that. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, mm. I also actually, I ran into David Anders. Oh. Um, day oh. as well. Managed to get a picture with him. Yeah. And I also got to meet Rahul and he was so nice. <laughs> and he like cares about the Zombie fans so much. It's crazy. And we chatted about like shows we watch and we're both from the UK um, it was such a great time, and like Rob kind of knows me from Twitter, so we have quite a fun back and forth. Um, <laughs> and he's so sassy on Twitter; like I believe him when he says that it was not a stretch for him to play teenage girl. Like <laughs> hands down, this was his role. That's why I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I I saw him call somebody a bellend on uh, uh, Twitter <laughs> last night. That was fun. That is Rahul has influenced his yeah. uh, vocabulary 100. <laughs> percent and this person also, was like, I'm looking up that term. Hey! <laughs> I didn't even, I was like, Rob, Rob, I know, I've got you. He also gave me the finger during the live tweet. I was like, Rob, it's okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he just makes me laugh. He cracks me up so much. <laughs> awesome. I was thinking of, uh, Robin, I watched that Hulu show, Dimension, Dimension 404. Dimension 404. Oh, my oh God. that was so good. Like, I wasn't expecting it, because I feel like, that has been done so much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This sci-fi. Uh, I don't know. I'm worried know. about spoiling it, but Rob already posted like a picture that's kind of a spoiler. So I'm almost like, I don't know, skip ahead, folks, if you don't want to hear anything about it. I went into it completely fresh and was so surprised by the developments yeah, that no, happened. Yeah. I had no like preconceptions about that. Thing, and I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. There's all of the Rob Buckley's. All I gotta say is, <laughs> yeah. uh, man bun. I was uh, not prepared for man bun. Uh- <laughs> I like the glasses. <laughs> but I just, I feel like he was so well cast for that role because he just seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. Just a nice guy. And it was a really good balance of drama and comedy, I think. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, a, it was is funny and you're, you're thinking of it one way and and then all of a sudden it gets turned on its head halfway through and then it starts getting darker. Uh, it's, it's a great, a little, uh, like, like, like we said on the podcast before, it's kind of like a twilight zone thing, not like a black mirror one. That's going to make you like hate yourself at the end or throw your phone <laughs> in the garbage. <laughs> you know? Um, all right. So, uh, let's get into the news and thanks again for joining us, Shan. Um, let's get into that. Uh, I, of course, I'm going to keep my weekly promise not to talk about the ratings by talking about the ratings um, <laughs> because it's exciting. The ratings were up there. They were up. Uh, I think the early ratings were 0.7 and then the later ratings were 0.9. This episode got a lot of hype from critics, from, I mean, all the publicity coming out. I felt like. I don't know. I, I as a host of a iZombie fan podcast, I wanted to like watch everything so I was prepared or whatever I could comment on it or tweet about it. But I, in the end, I didn't want to spoil myself at all. I wish I'd taken that route. I like cuz I I watched everything yeah. and I like downloaded everything and I gift everything and then because cuz I'd watched everything, most of Rob's scenes had been in them and I was like, "Oh no." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
so I'm assuming that that hype, the fact that this this uh, buff looking guy is going to play a teenage girl this week, and it looks funny, might might have gotten more eyes on the show, which is cool. <laughs> well, and it wasn't going up against Prison Break, the first episode of Prison Break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think people watched the first episode of Prison Break and were like, "Well, the second episode can uh, well, well we'll DVR that one. We'll get back to that one." Uh, it's still got a that that's still got a one point one, so it was still like a little bit higher, but not as mu- not as dramatic a difference between the two. Um, so I wanted to uh, mention this because uh, there's some sites, TV Guide and TV by the Numbers, are both giving us some good news, and that's something I'd like to talk about on the show. <laughs> there, there's still, both those websites, or at least the people writing for them, um, are predicting that iZombie is going to get a season four, and. Um, uh, so, so last week's premiere was a point four, and one of the reasons was, was he said they said uh, point four is what the originals were getting um, in last season, and they got renewed. Um, Ooh, they said okay. hundred has lower ratings than iZombie, and that's already renewed. Um, and they said it's just it's completely normal, and it's taken as completely normal by the CW that the longer a series runs, the lower the ratings are going to be. Um, and, uh, and the CW in particular gives its shows 60 episodes for streaming purposes and iZombie is going to have 45 by the end of season three. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to kind of push on through to do another 15, 16 episode season. Maybe, Ooh. I don't know. And, um, so 60 is the new 100. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, okay. CW, you know? Um, and, uh, they said unlikely a decision is going to come before May, but, uh, you know, they suggest, and we definitely suggest keep tuning in to the show live, keep tweeting about it. Like, even if you're not going to watch it, tweet about it a bunch the day, the day that it airs and keep like hashtagging iZombie and, you know, people, people will notice. Um, I'm hoping they take into account the fact like Netflix UK and Netflix Canada are like adding the episodes the day after as well. So there's obviously demand, not just in you know, the US. It's kind of spreading worldwide now, right? which hopefully they'll take into account for renewal. The iZombie virus is spreading <laughs> worldwide. I also just want to say that if I sound like patient zero in the zombie apocalypse, it's because I'm a bit ill at the moment. <laughs> I don't normally sound this husky. <laughs> oh, husky. All right. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, <laughs> let's get into. So if I'm sniffling. I apologize. <laughs> it's fine. Let's get into our episode discussion for the episode "Zombie Knows Best," written by Diane Ruggiero Wright, friend of the pod, and uh, Jason Bloom. Right, Steph? Huh? huh? Jason Bloom. I was just saying, friend, okay. of, friend of the pod is, is Diane Ruggiero. Oh, oh, oh! Huh. I was like, am I supposed to know that person? <laughs> Uh, Jason Bloom has uh, directed uh, several iZombie episodes, and I looked up his IMDb today, and it turns out that he's the director of Biodome, too. So uh, that's pretty pretty wild. Um, So uh, I remember liking that movie back in the day. It had Tenacious D in it. So I don't know. Anyway. It's a tangent. I don't know what that is. Biodome. Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore. And uh, we have a uh, guest (laughs) on the podcast. Go on. Okay, edit. <laughs> uh, writing down the times. Okay. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. 
Uh, he's he's a dad. He thinks he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm not going to edit it out because uh, <laughs> that's that was that was thematically correct. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> on point. <laughs> uh, so I thought we would start on the Clive side of things before we got into the really fun stuff. Um, so uh, I, I I titled my notes at the beginning here: the case of Wally and and Anna. 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 I think it was Anna. Uh huh. Anna. Anna. Um, so, uh, what'd you guys think about uh, how they did the flashbacks in this episode? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's, it's so almost well like done. Clive has his own visions. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah perfectly put. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. I liked how the the scenes kind of melt away a bit. I mean, yeah, it's like production value. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I was I was a bit confused. <laughs> I was like, okay, wait, oh, we're going back. Okay, oh, we're going back further now. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I actually. In rewatching the episode, uh, put these put Clive's storyline in chronological order. So, of course, you did, Robin, because <laughs> I like talking about one thing at a time, you know, without being like, and then we go back forward, and then we go back, and then we go forward. Uh, so, let's start uh, two years ago, and um, I know this not just because of what uh, Miss Vivian says uh, later on, um, but the fact that. Uh, uh, Anna says in the flashback that Wally's nine and we hear his autopsy later or earlier uh, say he's 11. Mm. So this is two years ago. So we have Clive uh, in Vice working at night um, and he's woken up by Wally bouncing. With a quite humorous mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, you know, it's just a little humorous. That's I want to ask like if it's that. real, but I feel like that's really offensive. <laughs> I, I, uh, Did he grow it himself? I'm... I don't know. I think it was fake. I don't know. <laughs> he could have, but I mean, it seems. I just assumed it was fake. Yeah. But uh, this is. Uh, we did see this mustache before, in uh, Living Like Clive. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Wally calls him Black Tony Stark, which cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, he actually <laughs> cracked Clive up, which is fun. You don't see uh, Clive actually crack up a lot on this show. Um. And uh, so in the next flashback, we see that Clive's, Clive's hears some screaming. It turns out that Wally broke something and his father, uh, Rick, is losing his shit. Um, and uh, Clive uh, sees Anna on the floor. And, um, and as, soon as, as soon as Wally sees that Clive's a cop, he's like, uh, Dad hit Mom. <laughs> 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 Which, uh, good for you, kid, for sticking up for your mom. This actually gave me flashbacks to... Season two, episode five, Love and Basketball. When yes. you know he like reacts really violently to the guy who's beating up his own child, and I was like, "Oh, there's a connection." I don't know if that's on purpose, but that just took me back to that. Oh, it's got to be. This is fleshing yeah. out Clive's character. Mm. And so I remember watching that episode. We discussed it twice already on this podcast. Stuff <laughs> uh, that uh, you know, why does he react so violently? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, we have our arms. So he, uh, uh, Rick gets put away for eight months, and in the meantime, we have Anna, who's working at the diner, local diner, and is uh, asked Clive to babysit for pie. So, <laughs> and so we see the origins of the Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones addiction. I have been the field. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're a parent and you have. 
somebody else's child over you you're that's always a big deal you don't know what's appropriate for somebody else's child to see when you're a permissive parent that lets their kid watch everything (laughs) see i'd be that babysitter i'd be the one who would let them and then i'm just not gonna tell them (laughs) well in clive's in in clive's world it's he's this vice cop that works at night he doesn't play he doesn't have any kids he doesn't work with kids and um yeah he doesn't really know i'm sure he was watching game of thrones and like and as he describes to anna he puts his hand over his eyes uh, a couple times um you know when the during the, uh, the sex during the sex sex uh is, what's the word the sexploitation <laughs> the sex position yeah. the sex position sex position that's yeah. the word <laughs> Um, yeah, honestly, when this first started happening, I was overjoyed seeing Clive's reaction while he's watching the show while Wally's sleeping, but I was broke. His eyes are glued to the screen. He looks just like me, matter of fact, (laughs) Game of Thrones. Um, uh, but I was brought into the scene going, what the hell is going on here? Are they seriously just going to be like, oh, kids watch Game of Thrones, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But uh, it's good that it kind of pays off when Anna comes back and is like, you let my kid watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> but it's also cool that she just kind of laughs it off and you see a bit of that chemistry there between them. Yes. And also you see that after time has passed, yeah. he's learned to ask Anna what's appropriate <laughs> yeah. for do you let your for Wally to do. Play with big sharp knives. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> And yeah, I love the ninja chop. He's makes Wally crack up. He's such a good guy. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's so nice that okay, Wally died last episode, and that was terrible yeah. that a kid died. Yeah. And I think that's all that really that was all the emotional uh, pull that it had was that it was a, a, a dead kid. Yeah. But now we see Wally, we see his little personality, and see how close. Him and Clive, how much time they spent together, and it just, you know, fills out his character, the character of Wally, and makes it even more tragic. And and it shows that because Clive is the he's the, you know, strict cop. He's yeah. there's got to be a a serious strong reason for Clive to not, you know go to the, you know the other cops to take this to the authorities where all of this crazy stuff going down yeah wally really wins him over in that first meeting and then you know as they go along he i'm sure he starts developing a crush on the mom and <laughs> yeah well and that and also, actor was such a talent like i'm so glad it wasn't a one episode arc like yeah, that little so kid cute. was such a good actor i actually read like reviews of the season premiere and they definitely gave it up to malcolm goodwin for his reaction to because you know malcolm is all about the reactions but his reaction to <laughs> the dead the dead body and uh how he's like i'm gonna get these guys or whatever um but they also said like man it's it's too bad. Like it just kind of comes out of nowhere, you know? And so now I understand why they might've wanted to have a two episode season premiere. So you get both sides of the story in the one night. Yeah. Yeah. That would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, 
along with, oh, this episode was fun because Robert Buckley was on Teenage Girl Brains, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. But also this – it's 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 such a thematic episode about dads. Like Clive was this kid's dad. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So um, for a certain amount of time. Yeah. So Anna mentions that her brother Caleb is coming from overseas. I wrote in capital mm-hmm. letters, <laughs> and he looked thin. I wrote in capital letters as well. <laughs> um, and that she might go stay with him and uh, Clive. It says he's right next to her, and she's like, I don't want to take you for granted. And he's like, hey, take me for granted. <laughs> take me for granted, baby. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> uh, Electric. All right. So that's all the flashbacks for two years ago. Let's fast forward. Wait. Can, can I also say Kavanaugh is the new Clive? <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Kevin, is the. This doesn't make sense. Does this make sense to you guys? What are you guys <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that, that's that first scene that I was. I, I definitely was going to um, talk about this. Uh, this is like uh, post murder. This is like right after the premiere, and it makes sense because uh, I, I, I first was I saw the redheaded body, and I, that was the one that Doctor Cups was working on in the premiere. And I was like, why do they still have that body out? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They just left. Doctor Cups to go, uh, uh, go pursue that mur- that crime scene, and they brought that th- these bodies back. And then I thought, well, why did she leave the body out? <laughs> so, so I was kind of wondering about that. But it's pretty good continuity, though. That that body is still there. It's just weird mm-hmm. she kind of left it out. <laughs> um. So uh, we find out that um, uh, the man in the house was that that was the uncle Caleb. And um, and they all died with the bullet head. Now the weird thing about this case is there's barely any blood at the scene, and so they discuss like, oh, this it, the killer could have been tidy and you know cleaned up the crime scene, or these bodies were moved from somewhere else. Which that's what I'm thinking actually happened. Um, oh, I just thought it was because they were zombies. Oh yeah, you think there's yeah. no blood running? Oh yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What? I'll join you. I'll join you. I'm feeling a bit stupid though, Robin, because it took me way too long to figure out why Livin Major didn't just eat Anna and Wally's brains. And then, like the third rewatch today, I was like, "Oh, they're zombies." Yeah, that's I'm right. Not that's true. <laughs> yeah, but what I want to know is why did the uncle turn Wally and Anna to zombies? Oh. Why did he scratch them? Was it an accident? Yeah. Was it because they feel like? Um, they're kind of superior to the human race. Yeah. Uh, was it because he wanted to protect them? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we get more information about that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like Vivian sent her soldiers wouldn't let wouldn't let her soldiers go back home until they were ready to be amongst other people and not like raging zombies and end up like, scratching. <sighs> You know, the other people, but yeah, maybe they were just learning. They're like, "Oops, I scratched you." Oh, it turned my <laughs> I turned my sister into a zombie, and they, she in turn turned the kid into a zombie. Like, oh, we shouldn't scratch people. I don't know. <laughs> and that happened in every household. That's why there's a school full of children. <laughs> yeah, where do these kids come from? 
Um, so, so there's missing fingernails and uh, Max Rager hands, of course, and uh, we find out that Uncle Caleb worked for Fillmore Graves, and that's something that Kavanaugh is going to go check out. Um, and then he no- he notes that yeah, Ravi, Clive, and Liv are not brainstorming. No pun intended. But... <laughs> yeah, they're like uncharacteristically quiet. Uh-huh. And yeah, you're right. It's like the Clive situation. You know, he's like, this is weird. Why isn't anybody mentioning it or throwing anything in? But um, and yeah, luckily Kavanaugh goes to check out Wally's body, and I'm I'm happy we didn't get to see that. <laughs> we kind of mm-hmm. hear his reactions. There's a broken bones and he might have been abused so yeah clive and live wait a day and they go um uh to fillmore graves to discuss this and we see that clyde barakis is running for mayor zombie mayor <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't scratch any babies <laughs> um, that wasn't my line. It was this. Uh, so, so uh clive wants to talk uh to uh caleb's co-workers and Vivian, likes like, oh yeah, yeah. The Kavanaugh talked to them, but they're gonna, they'll definitely be honest to you. We know you're on our team. I'm like, oh, she totally killed them. I know it. <laughs> or did she? I don't know. <laughs> Where do you fall on that, Shane? I don't know. I was thinking that, like, I was just piecing it all together, and I think she's too terrified of humans finding out. She was the one who pointed them to Chuck Bird, yeah, which pointed them to their house to be killed and it was her test tubes in the trash you know i don't trust her no. i do not trust her. yeah she's a she's definitely like humans are to blame and we get some quick scenes here at fillmore graves where we got soldiers who are loading their guns and ready to go to war they're ready to take out humans and deal with this nonsense they're pissed and there's, there's a teacher who says that her students are scared that wally was beloved anna was the teacher's aide and she was finally happy and um, and that this is they also show uh, another flashback and it's funny in the next Fillmore Grave scene is where Liv finds Clive just kind of spaced out (laughs) it's like did you just have a vision Clive (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, Robbie listens to Chuck Bird shows because there's a crucified dollar bill in it for him we'll we'll get to that (laughs) Um, so he finds the phone call that we heard, and so did Liv and Clive. I don't know why this all came as a surprise to them. They, they heard this in the previous episode. Uh, it, they were talking, but I'm sure they heard it. The whole finding tubes and trash cans and yada yada. I don't know. Um, so Clive calls the station for the phone records, and Robbie collects his $5. And uh, find out that the caller is Mr. Huntsman. He lives next door. He's kind of a paranoid guy he's got security camera outside and uh yeah so weird to hear regular people actually say zombies <laughs> you know yeah the, the, in, yeah in this conversation? yeah okay <laughs> and uh it turned out that he did he called the show he called the show but he was away during the murder and he posted on this message board called truth sayers and got all sorts of responses like uh, stockpile your ammo, shoot him in the head. So this is where I have to stop and talk about real life for a second because I know they're commenting oh. on this. The, my my hometown here in Vermont actually um, has been considering becoming a, uh, a sanctuary city 
for uh, yeah. refugees. And the moment this stuff cropped up, uh, a Facebook group popped up uh, a- around our local town, and all they were talking about was like, like you know, how terrible refugees would be for us, and yada yada yada. But then there were some of the extremists who were like, "If I see a Muslim, I'm going to shoot him," you know, and mm. stuff like that. And they had to be reported. And luckily, it kind of calmed down. And if these guys are still uh, that adamant about it, they're keeping quiet. <laughs> but it was uh, it was pretty rough for a while. Um, wow! Yeah. In in the utopia of Vermont. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, we got our rednecks up here. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, they're just like, oh, they're going to take our jobs and they're going to blow things up and yada yada yada. And uh, wow, what is going on in the world? Because you know, it's not just the United States. Because if it was just the United States, we could say, okay, it's you know, certain segment of the media is, you know. Causing this to just be blown out of proportion and making everybody afraid, but it's happening all over. It's all over Europe mm-hmm. too. Mm. Just people love to scaremonger. It's just a uh, yeah. It's just innate that people want to jump on a bandwagon of fear. Yeah, I mean that is true because even you know throughout the history of our country, people have been afraid of. Of the new people coming in and feeling threatened, but it just seems the crazies are just even more crazy (laughs) these days. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I don't want to bring our iZombie fan podcast into like a political rant here or anything. But (laughs) yeah, I did want to point out that that was kind of like a personal thing to me. I was like, oh, I know what they're doing here. You know, they're they're Uh reacting. Um, And uh, I also have this. this uh, Huffington Post article here, and fake news. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it says the new season shows zombies as a quasi minority group in need of protection. When asked about a real life zombie outbreak, Rose McIver said that America probably wouldn't take too kindly to those who appear to be different from their own, zombies or otherwise. And she says. In our show, we don't paint zombies as bad guys. We paint them as afflicted people and people that have to respond to what they've been given. You would like to think that people would tolerate, understand, and protect. I don't think we're there at all yet. I think it's important to be making material that addresses different lives and completely different worldviews and how they can live together. So I'm not sure if the states uh, are ready for a zombie outbreak, to be honest, but maybe after watching iZombie, they will be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who would have thought that a zo- zombie romance comedy drama would be speaking to bigger issues like this? So, end quote there. I'm okay for it if the zombies are wandering around walking like living major. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Give me some Walking Dead zombies and I'm not so <laughs> open-minded. If you know Keep the Max Rager away from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we mentioned this stuff before in the season premiere. Uh, this this allegory that's built into the show it just, it just makes sense. And, uh, again, I just want to reference this. Uh, again, the, the Writer's Room podcast that we listened to um, has uh, had a iZombie writer, uh, Deirdre Mangan, on it. And she did speak about coming into work during the c- current political climate and being like, oh, I have to write about the zombies now. <laughs> You know, and it's kind of frustrating. All this stuff's going on, and I'm I'm just just I'm just sure they're reacting to it, whether consciously or or un, or subconsciously. Yeah. So, it, it I'm just kind of uh, it's cool. I like it. It gets me something. Yeah, to it's fascinating about. to look at it in that way to kind of yeah. it. 
Yeah, and also, you know, I like that Fillmore Graves is so um, ambiguous as far as their motives and, you know, will they be the the bad guys by the end of the season? And that's just really interesting. Mm -hmm. Instead of just being straightforward, we're allies. Well, we're allies right now, but things may change. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you, and like these soldiers who are getting ready to kill any humans that come their way that threaten them, you know, there's extremists on both sides, you know, True. and there's fear on both sides. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I'm sorry to anybody who's listening who's just like, ugh. but unfortunately, like <laughs> with any science fiction or supernatural show, you get this. They're commenting on something. There's some sort of metaphor for something else. I mean, that's just the way it is. Well, that's good art. Anyway. Hopefully, hopefully there is metaphors and analogies and yeah. such. It's important to be able to kind of turn it into entertainment and get more people talking about it. Yeah, I mean, if people are constantly scared to talk about it, then it's right. It's not going to get resolved. Um. So yeah, pro zombie over here. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to the show. Um, so Huntsman says that someone hacked his profile and posted a satellite image of where Wally's family lived. And uh, so um, when Vivian gets this information, she says they're hunt- they, they are hunting us. And she starts talking about 21 months, 21 days. And that's since the 4th of July retreat where everybody on our team was turned. And... Uh, and so, yeah, it meets up with the timeline. Two years ago is when Clive first meets Anna and Wally. It's 21 months, 20 days ago is when um, Caleb was infected. And then, you know, when Clive is, you know, working in Vice and misses his chance on taking care of Anna and she leaves while he's deep, deep undercover, um, she gets infected and then killed. So Yeah, so he feels guilty yeah. that if he had just been there, he could have stopped all this and they would still be alive. So yeah, the show is uh the show is, you know, bookmarked or bookmarked. Book ended? Yeah, book ended. Um and, and also bookmarked. There's a, there's a few different spaces <laughs> in between. But this this uh you know, present day uh Clive and Kavanaugh talking together and uh yeah, and it's just such a powerful way to end this episode. Um that uh yeah, if you just was there and then Kavanaugh literally calls it out. Um and uh yeah, so Yeah, because Kavanaugh was he's very suspicious of Clive, just like Clive was suspicious of of uh, Suzuki's whole situation. So Kavanaugh is wondering why Clive didn't mention all this yep. before. I guess he was just in sh- kind of in shock. And, and you know, Major, he was suspicious of Major as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, just... I don't- so, uh, I got a question. Yeah. Are, is Fillmore Graves, the mercenaries, are they patient zero? Are they, is that where the zombie outbreak started? Yeah, no, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think they're. I think they're positing that zombies uh, have been created in a couple of different places. But wasn't it Max? Were they drinking Max Rager? But they were infected by um, whatever gas they were. Thing. So maybe it's a different. Yeah. Maybe it's the Max Rager is the constant, and the variable is going to be like utopium or whatever chemical sets it off. I'm just going to let the show. I've, I'm going to let the show tell me. 
<laughs> I was waiting for you to tell me because you always delve so deep and like figure out all these things that I can never think about. Uh, I was like, he's going to tell me. He's going to tell me. I know. I, I just. <laughs> you haven't got the answers this no. time, Robin. <laughs> like the conspiracy theories. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, there. It's it, that conspiracy theories are out there, and, and you know, live infected, blame. Just saying. All right. <laughs> People are agreeing with me. All right, so let's get into uh, the uh, the case of uh, Stan and Cindy. <laughs> so we have 50-year-old banker Stan and his daughter Cindy uh, up at 4 a.m. for Cindy's figure skating practice. And Stan's goofing off. He's doing the dolphin voice. He is singing 80s rock f- classics. Okay, can we talk about my husband at this part? Sure. Because this is how Edward aggravates, I guess... And this is how I, I think that dads are just trying to get their kids' attention and trying to make them laugh. And teenagers <laughs> are so cynical that they, they're they just not going to laugh. So mm-hmm. dads have to try even harder. And we die so for your every, smiles. We just – we want the smiles. We want everything to be yeah. happy. We want to fix everything. That's us. Yeah. So Edward does the happy cobra in the car. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Everett will say, come here, Stephanie. So, I, I bet I could make Morgan laugh with the happy cobra. <laughs> see, she's laughing. I see that smile. So nothing actually happens. There's a threat of something called a happy cobra, and then the smile happens. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude's got a game. <laughs> wow. I knew you would like uh, Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, see, I just make fart jokes to my little ones and they like, they get really hilarious. They, they get so, because you know, anything about poops and farts or when they're teenager, I guess I got to work on something different, some new material. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's this whole like goofy scene and Cindy's getting all upset and you know, you can see how they're setting up like what this teenage brain, father brain's going to be like. And just the, they just get Mashed into. Oh, so it was hard. brutal. And that that's when the, the, the show kind of kicks in Night Ranger's sister Christian, and we see the, the thing flip and just slide down the road. And uh, I could not, I mean, that was so dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, you know, we see people killed on the show, but the last, like, couple, like, of kids that have been killed on the show, it's been kind of like, oh boy, ah, oh, that's that kind of hurts. And they went out arguing, like, nice if they had a moment. Yeah, so it wasn't just you know smash. Yeah, we don't usually but, see like a pre. I mean, I guess we do. We we do see a lot of those, but I guess it was. I don't know. I guess it must have hit home, father daughter stuff. Ooh. And then all of a sudden, yeah, wipe and right also, out. you know, like this is. Uh, ice skating like this when you get up at 4 a.m. to go practice before school. Ouch. This This is like... <laughs> oh, wait. I said I know, it at the wrong time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh, kids that are trying to get on the Olympic team. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've known people who they homeschool so they can be in the gym for gymnastics all day. They train all day long for... Uh, to to try out for the Olympic gymnastics team, mm-hmm. so I I guess that little bit of uh, oh her dream is is cut short you know ended because she could have been a uh, you know a, a serious uh, ice skating athlete 
competitor. Yeah. yeah, athlete competitor. And her dad is so devoted that he gets up at 4 a.m. to take her yeah. ice skating to the rink. Uh, and she just has to put up with his nonsense all the way there. Just, you know, four <laughs> o'clock in the morning, I'm sure nobody is prepared for the dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Uh, so we go to the crime scene and Liv's eyeing the tent where the bodies are. And um, Clive's like, you get to a crime scene and you're thinking like lunch. <laughs> and we get a quick cut to the the grill like firing up. And I love Liv's, Liv's little like the little affectations Rose does here where she's kind of like, doing these like smile nod kind of things, you know, like <laughs> this is uh, like this is this is this is happy time here. Brains are being served. Do morgues usually have a kitchen? <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like that those aren't two things that would usually collide in a morgue. But she's always cooking up down in the morgue. I don't, I don't know, but that storage room with like the food—it's very well stocked. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff in their in their uh, kitchen area. I had to say, what the heck? Because of this one in particular, because the charcoal grill in the morgue. <laughs> That's would probably of- <laughs> set off a smoke detector. Yeah. And they're right next to the police. We don't even have one police. in our house, let alone a morgue. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, we do know that the smoke detectors have to have their batteries changed, so it all makes sense. Diane, you're a genius. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. Sorry. Um... <laughs> uh, so, uh, we have Liv's happiness here cooking up the brains into like a like a sloppy joe or something a chili i guess chili chili dogs and then we have robbie eating chips like it's no big deal and then we have (laughs) clive who (laughs) is just "Mm, nope this is gross (laughs) sooner or later he's gonna put it together that they make food down there and he's eating food down there (laughs) and that he ate a piece of pizza with brain on Uh, and that's when Major comes bounding in, like, mmm, smells good, you know? It's really kind of making Clive, like, ill from the looks of him, because, like, they're, like, salivating over this these people's brains, you know? And how it's getting made into, like, regular food. Um, and Robbie offers chips, and that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and when Major comes in, uh, Clive says you should eat the daughter (laughs) i never thought i'd say that um so uh major resists but liv tells him to suck it up uh lily white and um yeah he he eats it and uh well rob uh uh dang it major wanted to get his finances in order (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) um but we also get a little tidbit about the natalie quest um, I guess uh, while he was still on Janko brain, um, he got a well, wait. Uh, like a fellow zombie told him that Natalie begged Janko to call somebody, and so he had a vision of getting the phone number from Natalie. And now he's got this phone, and, and Clive's going to check it out. So that's kind of the last we hear about it. But yeah, it's. I'm like, wow, this we're still hearing we're still hearing about visions from the Janko brain like two episodes later. <laughs> mm-hmm. And since it's like was like a year ago, it's it's almost like wow, she he's been on this brain for a long time. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, Robbie makes that comment. We've seen it in all the promos, the van and the dog comment. Great stuff. Hanging a lantern on it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So later, uh, Robbie is telling Major about Peyton. Uh, Peyton wants to talk to him, and and that's when the the brains kick in. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean... how do I not like recite all the quotes? Like, <laughs> go for it. Well, I mean, okay. So there's this. She's this. I wrote. She's the single most selfish girl on the planet. That she made him Eskimo brothers with Satan. See, okay, that's what I I I rewound that ten times. She literally made you Eskimo brothers. Eskimo brothers. What does that mean? Does that mean like? <laughs> I don't, I, I, now I don't want to say it. Now that I've you know of what? what? It is. Um, I didn't. Look Urban it up. Dictionary will be your friend. I didn't look okay. it up uh, because I wanted to do it live on the podcast. Because <laughs> if there's anything that uh, uh, can uh, bring uh, us all together, it's uh, uh, discussed. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Eskimo Brothers. When two males acknowledge have been having been intimate with the same female and remain on good terms, the men are now bonded by having shared the same igloo at one time or another. This can lead to perks by making the information known to other males who you can network with. Ooh. Ooh. See, I thought that was going to be like very detailed. I thought that was going to be like gross in a like disgusting, explicit way, but this is just gross in a. Uh, damn the patriarchy way. <laughs> uh, okay, if you've watched The Bachelorette this past week, you've heard possibly for the first time the term Eskimo Brothers. The moment when the moment came when Nick was telling Caitlin that Sean had been bragging about being Eskimo Brothers with some famous country singer. Oh, okay. So that's something to brag about. Okay. Well, I will continue, and it sounds like a perfect reaction. First of all, ew. Second of all, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my reaction gift for the next 20 years. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, I recited that line to my wife earlier today, and she just remarked that this, that was, like, her favorite. Like, in reflection, that was her favorite iZombie I episode she's ever seen. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's when Major starts getting a little emotional and, uh, it says it hurts him when someone hurts Ravi and <laughs> acknowledges that they're best friends. And, and then he's like, well, we're totally best friends. Right. And Ravi says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I have a little quote here from Robert Buckley. He says, um, every brain is a blast, but the teenage girl one stands above the rest. I've been acting around 10 years and it wasn't until this show that I ever got to do comedies. This was hands down the most very big broad comedy I got to do. So I mean, for me, this one was a blast. There's a couple more good ones coming up, but that's my personal favorite. <laughs> so I'm so glad you got to do comedy. Like it's, I'm it's surprised. time for Buckley to do comedy. <laughs> I'm surprised. I guess, you know, if you were a, like a, a really good looking fit guy with, you know, good hair and, you know, toned and all that, you're not hired to be like the guy with the yuck yucks. You're the, you're hired to be the straight man or, um, yeah, that like Rob's TV issue is being very drama oriented. So like, if you've never watched a Rob, Buck, Rob Buckley interview, you'd like have a completely wrong read of him as a person. <laughs> so it's like nice that Dimension 404 and then this episode is kind of within a couple of weeks gone like, oh, this is another side to Rob Buckley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, he's always seems to be goofy sense. in interviews, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's a, I just call him like he's a, um, a man child. Like he's just a man child. <laughs> <laughs> through and through. <laughs> so we go to Major singing along with Katy Perry. The, oh my God. the one that got away. <laughs> Saying to Robbie, this this is so you and Peyton. <laughs> um, and I thought Rob was exaggerating about the whole singing thing, like, just to get out of doing a musical episode. He wasn't. Nope. He's definitely not a triple threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, uh, that was yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> I have another quote from him. It says, I'm the worst singer in the world. By the way, that is not a karaoke favorite, talking about Katy Perry. She is hard to sing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when Liv comes in and she's fully on dad brain now and she calls uh Katie Perry Miley Perry Gomez and <laughs> they just start bickering back and forth, you know, stop trying to be funny and and it's funny because you see Clive and Ravi just kind of giving each other knowing looks and then they start comparing notes and apparently Liv had to check the oil before they could leave. This <laughs> is so freaking funny. Oh lord, yeah. Uh, we get to check our alternate too. And like, and Major's brain was like a laugh a minute, but Liv's brain really tickled me because yeah. my best friend's dad is like my surrogate dad, and it was just Aww. spot on representation of him as a dad. Like, it gave me warm, fuzzy feelings, like having to fix the um, smoke detector, like yeah. fixing a wonky table. Like, I was like, it's him. This is spot on. And and you know, we get to see Liv in love in basketball on the coach brain and she gets kind of close <laughs> to that uh in that episode but in this one she's just full out like enthusiastic and supportive like the, like she says you know um and uh Clive still says he's still freaked out even though he knows and that's when major has to go to mercenary training <laughs> god is <laughs> that trying to control me <laughs> And the last bit, like, I am, I, I don't know about you guys. Hold on, I've got, uh, hold on, I've got to applaud. <laughs> so beautiful. So great. I am, like, it in tears. so happy. Yes. Like, I, like, my head hurts by trying not to, like, laugh so, like, hilarious, like, so, so loud to wake up my kids and all that, you know? My- oh. <laughs> So in the next scene, we get to see what uh, uh, certain uh, politicians were talking about when they said locker room talk. Uh, um, <laughs> I love that he's just shrouded in towels, like just covering everything up. <laughs> Your abs make me want to kill myself. And it's true; these guys, these guys are chiseled. Like, wow, they're like big, but they're like fit, you know. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I honestly want to know what they do for the whole tan and dye thing because they are, like, African-American uh, fellows. Mm. And Clive is always, like, sorry, Malcolm's always said in, like, interviews, like, yeah, I'm never going to be turned into a, a zombie. You know, I look very ashy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder what they do, you know. I guess they use, uh, you know, other kind of um, uh, bronzer or whatever. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so this is when Major apologizes and these guys, I forget what their names are, but um, they they talk about these these tubes, which we heard about before. But they say that these are brains that are mashed together and because of that, they don't get any mood swings or visions. Mm. So this actually um, quiets another theory like or I don't know, 
people have like said, well, what if Liv eats like two brains or three brains? Like, would she like just mm-hmm. be like, I don't know, Legion or whatever, <laughs> you know, like massive amounts of personalities going on at the same time. I guess if you mash brains together, they just cancel each other out. It's a good solution, but I feel like it's upsetting to me because I feel like they're now going to put Major on these tubes mm-hmm. for most of the season. Yeah. So like, this is why they're doing like a big Buckley brain episode because it's like, bye-bye to that now. I'm like, that'll, that'll be upsetting if that's what they yeah. do. I mean, as much as we like Major on a brain, you know, the you know, Liv is the focus of the story. Yeah. This is the star of the show or whatever. <laughs> up with all of them. Yeah, because it was nice on this, this one episode we got Major... Uh, visions and then we got a big vision from live at the end but we know that that's not the usual it's going to go back next week it's going to go back to live having the visions Mm -hmm. surely but i like that they've kind of scaled back a little bit i've kind of gone we're going to pull back from peyton and blaine and focus a bit more on clive and major yeah and then maybe next week like i don't want that every episode because then it gets a bit split but Mm -hmm. it's nice that we are actually getting a bit you know to delve deeper into yeah, the thing about yeah. the no secrets is the fact that these guys can all seem like they're on the same show together again. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but this was a nice, very Clive centric episode mm-hmm. with just the, you know, major being on teenage girl brain as just the funny, humorous, you know, side yeah. part. Yeah. So these tubes, like, like they make sense from like writing scripts perspective, but also from the perspective of like we don't want to send a bunch of mercenaries into battle, and one of them's got hypochondria, <laughs> one of them's got teenage girl brains, one of them's got stalker brains. That's another. That's like a spin-off show I want to see. <laughs> Can this team work together? <laughs> um, like zombie yeah, survivor, and they're all on an island. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> If there's anybody who seems like they've eaten the wrong brains, it's some of the people on Survivor. <laughs> what were you saying, Steph? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, that could be very distracting. Yeah. So, yeah, to keep people all focused, because these guys have got to be focused. Uh, this is when Major says he can't stop taking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and he has that vision of the phone. We have to take this to the authorities. Wizzlow will never forgive me. So Major tells uh, the gang about the brain mash, and Liv, I love it. It's um, like we get the we get the mission again. Like the mission, like we feel good about eating human brains because we're doing it to help people. Like it, it's just like when Liv like lost her um, partnership with Clive for like one episode. She you know she felt terrible that she's back to this like. What am I doing this for? Like, why am yeah. I why am I eating human brains? It's horrible. I'm not helping. In this house, we eat whole brains and we solve murder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had to retweet that gift that you made. So you made that, right? That was yeah, that was me. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so, and then we get Rob, Robbie trying to trick Liv into having a, a vision, <laughs> and then That's we cute. meet a new character on the show. <laughs> Uh, Vampire Steve, as uh, uh, iZombie Writer's Room and Rob Thomas called him on Twitter. Uh, Vampire Steve. He's, uh, he's the IT guy. and He just kind of floated in. <laughs> yes. And, and surprised everybody. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, he's got to s- investigate this smashed phone. He says it's within the realm of the possible. 
So we meet the owner of uh, – not the owner of the phone. That was Cindy, the, the, the other girl, Winslow. Uh, Winslow. Okay. Did anybody think, especially when they got to the nursery and they talked about the <laughs> flatbed truck? Yeah. Okay. So you thought about an eagle song? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> what, what were you thinking? I didn't – You know – and, and this goes great with Cheyenne, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Winslow, Oklahoma. In oh. the song, Take It Easy. Oh, no, I had no idea. And then they mentioned that that truck that the stepdad owned was a uh, flatbed. Okay. And is that a lyric in the song, too? Uh, do you not know Eagle songs? I mean, I, I you know, take <laughs> it easy. Like, I know that song, but I don't know, don't know all the lyrics. Okay. Maybe just me then. No, no. Maybe there's – maybe it's not – Someone uh, listening is pumping their fist right now saying, yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> me, I was watching this, this scene where – well, I mean you, were, you kind of skipped ahead a little bit the nursery part. But the name of the nursery was Tory Pines and I was like, what pun is that? What does that mean? And I <laughs> messaged the writer's room pun. and they didn't, they didn't tweet me back and I'm like, somebody tell me what this means. <laughs> It's a business name. It's got to be something funny, and I'm not getting it. <laughs> so, is that an Eagles song too? <laughs> I don't know. Tory. Tory Pines. Tory Pines. And I like put it Tory together Pines. as a word. I was like, Torpins? Is that a, is it Torpins? Tory Pines. Is that something? But nothing. I, I didn't come up with anything from the Google machine, and maybe it's just, I don't know. They wanted to make it seem like he named the nursery after her. So, oh, it's making me grossed out just calling it a nursery. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, back to the interrogation room. This is Winslow, uh, played by Natalie Allen Lind, who I guess Gotham fans know as uh, Sylvia oh, St. Cloud. Yeah, She's on the Goldbergs as well. I don't watch either of those shows. So. Oh, I was wondering where. I knew I, I knew her from somewhere. Yeah. She's apparently been cast as one of the, one of the leads, I think, of uh, a new like teenage X-Men show that's called Gifted, I think. That's in production. So huh. I guess we'll see more of her. Uh, so this is where Liv's fixing a table and you see Major behind and just dying in the background. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny because, you know, Clyde is – Clyde, Clyde. Clive <laughs> is trying to uh, steer the loony ship as I wrote down here. Um, yeah. Because we didn't realize – you don't realize that Liv is in the room for the first like 30 seconds. <laughs> she drops up and you realize, oh, she's fixing the table. Yeah, because I – She's I, putting a matchbox and matchsticks under the table. Yeah. I was like, so is this, is this the – like they said earlier, the new norm? Is he going to be taking now major into interrogation rooms <laughs> and working on a suspect? Like he doesn't even work for the police department at all. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty far fetched yeah. for a detective to take a assistant medical examiner in the <laughs> in the interrogation room. But now, and he's done many interrogations with her. So yeah, like somebody, like I'm waiting for Lieutenant Devore, or Captain Devore, to uh, say something about this, but we don't really see her at all. <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, we find out that oh, they, Winslow and Cindy were exchanging texts, and Winslow in front of her, and Major says, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's huge for to be unfriended. Yeah. That's a big deal. So Winslow might have known the ice skating route because she would. She was an ice skater, and that's when Major uh, gets butts in and says, "Badger much?" And Liv says, 
Major Nathaniel Lillywhite. Thank you. I don't want to do all the quotes here today. <laughs> I didn't realize how important knowing Major's middle name was until I knew it, and now I will never forget. <laughs> uh, so Liv has a vision because uh, Major like kind of sticks his phone out, and uh, the phone don't even yeah. <laughs> and so she sees what was on Cindy's phone, and it's a video of Winslow giving like duck face next to the sleeping naked older guy, and it turns out that the older guy is her stepdad, Ken. Ick. Yeah, that was a bit darker than I was expecting for a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here we are on, like, we got Clive uh, talk, you know, friending with Wally, and and, uh, and we have Major and Liv on dad and uh, daughter brains, and it's like, then we have this, like, you know, statutory rape pedophilia thing going on, like... Not a good, not a good week for parents and their kids on their zombie. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, so yeah, Clive uh, goes to get a warrant for Winslow's phone, and uh, lives like you must be so confused right now. <laughs> Major leaves in a huff, and she asks him if he wants any money. <laughs> <laughs> you need any money? Oh god. <sighs> So uh, we find, and she keeps calling people like sport, and yeah, yeah. big gun. <laughs> and I love when she, uh, when she was in Winslow's face, she was like, uh, "You know, I was a teenage girl to been there, done that, yeah. bought the t-shirt." Like that's such a dad joke. Yeah, and it was almost like she was, uh, she was almost repeating what she said earlier, which was fun when Major had to eat teenage girl brains and lives like, listen, I was a teenage girl for like seven years, and uh, yeah. I do that again. Uh, so yeah, we go to Tory Pines. The Sucklers are rich. We find out the mother has got like a like got got a lot of money from her ex husband, and uh, she had an affair with Ken, the landscaper, and bought him a business and. Ken Ken actually took her name. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's when Clive starts asking about Winslow's access to the truck, and uh, she's you know the whole stick shift thing comes up, and we find out later that she had a citation for driving without a license, and it was using a stick shift. But we have to mention the um, the scene uh, with the Liv and Ravi here, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm getting the alternate side of the <laughs> Peyton Blaine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Liv Liv was like sh- is like sharpening tools, and she's fixed Robbie's chair. <laughs> <laughs> and so Robbie is like, okay, I can't talk to Major. I'll talk to Liv about this whole Peyton and Blaine thing. And he says he's been avoiding Peyton because he doesn't want to say anything bad, which is like that's good, Robbie. You know, mm. <laughs> you can't trust yourself to. Keep your shit together. Is that guy logic? I, Is that what goes on in guys' brains when they don't call girls back? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess they have their reasons, or they're just ignorant a holes. You know, one or the other. We know Robbie's not an ignorant a hole. He's just, you know, he's really hurt by this. Um, yeah, I think he knows that he's not got a, a right, really, because you know she didn't know when she slept with him. Yeah, um, but. It's so, so tough for him. It's, it's so weird, though, because they slept together, and then the whole hostage situation came down, and she's in Blaine's Ooh. arms, and it's all very confusing. But Yeah, like, I think that's the main thing, is he regrets not acting during the hostage situation. Yeah. But, but while Robbie's like, 
pontificating during this episode. Where what are Peyton and Blaine doing now? Mm. This whole episode, what are Peyton and Blaine up to? I don't know. Right question. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing, either separate or apart? Or mm. wait, together or apart? <laughs> separate or apart or together? There's three options. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, this is what Liv's like. You should be honest. You should be direct. You should be Robbie because Robbie is a pretty cool guy. <laughs> Robbie says, thanks, dad brain. Aww. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got a, like, a quick thing with Clive trying to get this judge to get Winslow away from Rick. We go to a flashback, but he snaps out of the flashback from Tori and Winslow showing up. And Tori is saying that Stan and Cindy were killed by Ken. And uh, I don't know. I've kind of pushed these things along. I mean, the whole bush bumpers, Ken took them off. But how did Ken know? We go to Vampire Steve. And after some tech garble, he says that uh, she destroyed her texts, but I resurrected them. (laughs) Take heed (laughs) of her final text. And I just want to pause here. There's a bit of an offhand remark here. And he says to Liv, you ever been to perversion? I spotted that too. So. <laughs> is is Vampire Steve going to be a thing? I think he's going to be an episode. Is it episode four? That's the um, Dominatrix brain? Yeah, we hear a Dominatrix brain is coming. So I'm assuming perversion is a Dominatrix club. <laughs> But we also know that there's a possibility of Liv having an interaction with another person besides Major. <laughs> so, oh wow, that would be interesting. <laughs> Steve, I don't know if I'm feeling Vampire Steve here as a love interest, but maybe uh, I know who I'd pick. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what are you thinking, Steph? Is Vampire Steve hot? I'm, I'm saying H A W T hot. No, no, but I did see that. Uh, Rob Thomas tweeted that he is a new favorite of theirs and he will be back. He's like the new Jimmy the cartoon artist, right? The, the sketch yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Vampire Steve says uh, he knows how um, uh, Ken or whoever uh, could have found out about the um, the fact that Cindy and Stan were going to go to the police. And uh, it's a, an app called Tinker Spy, which is funny. <laughs> it's a Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Um, but uh, Steph, do you have one of these uh, uh, accounts, or are you not willing to admit this on the on on the podcast? Oh, I have an app where I can see every, where everybody in my family is. <laughs> it's great. I love it. But do you receive every text that comes in? <laughs> um, no, but I do know moms who do that. <laughs> and I'm, and when I hear about it, I'm always torn. I'm always like, should I have done that when Morgan was younger? Do I need to know, like, everything that goes on in her life? Yeah. Which she could be planning to, like, run away with, a, with an Internet friend. Yeah. She could be planning, you know, like, but then again. It's weird. It's like, do you, I mean, it's awful. But it's also like you want to protect your children. So, uh-huh. But then it's like, well, when we were kids, our, I mean, I was away for days. My parents would be like, oh, you back? <laughs> 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 but that's back when we could leave all our doors unlocked and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Back but, in the glory days. <laughs> but also crime was a lot higher back then. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. We, we feel like we're because of all this fear mongering. 
that things are more dangerous now and it's really it's funny not. and i feel like in the uk the mentality sorry this is going to take us on a tangent you can edit this no, out. Please, but in, in the uk like i don't think we have that mentality as much because when i was traveling because i was traveling in the u.s and canada for three months by myself and i'm in my early 20s and every uber i take from every airport or to every airport they'd all be always, like, always be like be safe you're traveling on your own you're a young girl you shouldn't be traveling i'm like <laughs> Yeah, like I've done this like quite a few times like I, yeah you know, and it's just a really like I, I feel like in the US and Canada it's just a, a much bigger thing I think Europe because we're like hopping in and out of other countries yeah um mm-hmm. and everyone you know because America's like oh Europe's really scary and then Europe's kind of like oh America's a bit scary um we're all just like you know. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I it's know weird. it's really silly it's like you know you on one, one way you're like uh what 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 life lessons am I going to uh, take away from my child if I am constantly hovering over them or watching mm. everything they do? You know, there's things yeah, because, that kids have to learn on their own. Right. They have to learn from their own mistakes. Yeah. Mm. But I don't want my kids to accidentally fall in with the wrong the wrong crowd, I guess you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. So. Yeah, because Morgan is uh, going to take a trip by herself. She's going to drive to indianapolis mm-hmm. this summer to a wedding and every time i remember it i'm like oh, we really said yes we approved this. <laughs> what were we thinking oh my god but she's just got to do it yeah she's been to she's been to new york she's been to dc she, she'll be all right <laughs> like i've been to australia like i came back i'm all right like we'll survive <laughs> all right so um this is when um Liv calls the phone that the account is uh, tied to, and it's Tori's phone. And boy, this woman turns on her daughter like, "Oh, man, I, 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 my jaw dropped." She says that she what she did was disgusting, and then she's like, "You seduced my husband." Yeah, I, I can. I mean, I can understand that uh, that she now sees her child. As a you know, as competition <laughs> to her man, yeah, her fifteen-year-old naive child who's probably yeah. been manipulated by an older man. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's where the rage should be going, yeah. <laughs> right? <Just> a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, I mean, I just can't believe she's not immediately horrified. I mean, I guess she already had been through the immediate horrified, and then she's like, "I'm going to take action because money, money, money." <laughs> like if you're if you're if she was truly horrified, she would have killed um, Ken. She wouldn't have like planned all this and killed it just so they wouldn't get out yeah. of like, the station. Oh. Anyway, Tori is going to jail for a long, long time, and apparently Winslow is staying with the aunt. And I was wondering why they pointed this out. Winslow's staying with an aunt on Vashon Island. <laughs> and I was like, oh, an island? What? <laughs> zombie Island? <laughs> is it Zombie Island? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I did a little research. Vashon Island is actually an island off the coast of uh, Seattle. Um, but, I, or that Washington area. I don't know if it's Tacoma or whatever. Um, but... Uh, apparently, uh, the map of Zombie Island showing Zombie Island in relation to Seattle and the coast and all that—that's a—that's drawn in there. It's not actually per, an island pretending to be something else. So this is a different island. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so APB on Ken for sexual assaults, uh, and uh, later Clive gets a tip. He collars him, 
And uh, he kind of loses his shit at the end there. He's like, get him out of my sight. And that's uh, really the bookend. The bookend. I said yeah, the right because, yeah. yeah, because in the beginning you hear that commotion off screen. And I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then at the right. end you realize, it. yeah. So that was great. So that's the episode, believe it or not. <laughs> We've been through the entire thing. Packed full of good stuff. I couldn't I, – I was like, oh, I'm just going to summarize this. Yes, I'm taking my notes and I'm like, man, there's so much stuff. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> and, uh, and there's two very like divert. There's like Clive and this kind of like major and live. Yeah. And you've like got to get it all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, – I guess we're, it's time for feedback. Shane, do you want to stick around for that, or is it um, getting a little late for you? I mean, it's 20 past one, but I'm here on time. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> my coworkers don't know about this, so I just won't tell them. <laughs> sleep at my keyboard tomorrow. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have so much, like, so many awesome people, like, sent us feedback this week, which is such... A surprise! There's actually one of our one of our uh, regular uh, uh, feedbackers, Efrax, didn't didn't actually write in this week, but uh, Efrax, I know no. he's 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 doing the Palm Sunday thing. I guess he's he's busy. Um, so uh, I did want to read this one that came in earlier this week before we get into the Zombie Knows Best stuff, and um, this is from Tim. Tim, who knows me, I guess, from other podcasts I've done in the past, and he realized that he's been listening to me for many years and didn't even know that we were the same people, me and <laughs> these previous podcasts that are me. Um, but uh, he had some interesting things to say about Blaine. Um, and so I'm going to read kind of a snippet of the very long email that he sent us. Uh, he says, uh, um, I'm a fan. Of, he, he basically was comparing... Uh, David Anders and Robert Nepper and, as uh, as Blaine and Angus in the relationship as father and son to uh, uh, Lionel and Lex in Smallville. Um, but m- many people might not have watched that. So he said uh, one of the highlights of the season three premiere was to me was uh, Nepper's return. And okay, so he says, I'm a big fan of Blaine and think he's a fascinating and complex character. While he's often been compared to Spike from Buffy, I do hope they're going that route and giving him some sort of redemption arc that turns him into an anti-hero, if not one of the good guys. We saw him kill Mr. Boss's henchmen that, that came after him in the second episode. He's talking of the series, right? It would be interesting if they retconned that even back then he was trying to hurt his rival's bottom line. Perhaps he himself ate gangster brains and that influenced his bad behavior? I do find it interesting that in all the season one, we never saw Blaine have a vision nor be influenced by a brain he ate. You would think that if he himself ate the brain of one of the runaway kids, he might have developed a conscience, especially since it was established a few of those kids were good friends. As for his other murders, like Lowell, <laughs> all right, <clears throat> and the attempted murder of Major, those were technically self-defense. <laughs> he goes on. I'm not saying he didn't have it coming, but they are somewhat justifiable. 
Even with his grandfather in season two, the man was clearly suffering. He might have been able to rationalize it to himself that he was putting him out of his misery. So I guess he's saying that he, Blaine was shoot, shot Lowell in the face out of self-defense <laughs> because Lowell was trying to cleave him with a <laughs> barbecue knife or something, barbecue fork. Uh, I think uh, that's called overkill. <laughs> anyway, he We've continues. We've got a Blaine sympathizer over here. Yes, I know. That's why I wanted to read this. This is interesting. <laughs> While he's done some truly evil things, I think there still is and was some good in him. Even prior to his amnesia, he regularly visited Donnie's twin brother in the mental hospital to play chess. That episode revealed that the twins themselves had a rough upbringing and a bad relationship with their family. So perhaps he's identified with that, and that's why they became friends. It wouldn't surprise me if Blaine only got into crime after his father cut him off financially when his business school startup failed, as mentioned in 202. He's got some deep cuts here. (laughs) Uh, If he was indeed a wild child slash party boy, it's not much of a stretch to think he'd go from using drugs to dealing them, especially if he was in need of cash. Again, it reminds me of Lex and Lionel from Smallville. Given who his father was and and how he treated him, did he ever have a prayer? If his dad did nothing to help his suicidal wife, did nothing to stop Blaine's childhood nanny from abusing him, what does that do to someone's development? What kind of person does it shape him to be? If Blaine no longer remembers those traumatic events that made him such a cold and jaded bastard, it's likely he is genuinely a decent guy now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I probably should cut off there. It goes on for a while longer. But- I feel like there's so there are loads of really interesting points, but I feel like they might have like a above their bed have like one of those things with strings to all of the different points <laughs> of Blaine's life. Because <laughs> like I'd have to do that to keep that all in my head at once. Listen, I'm thinking Peyton might be doing that at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's got like a Ravi wall, which is probably very simple. Okay, murdered <laughs> Blaine's <Blaine> boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, tried to kill major. <laughs> murdered tons of teenage runaways <laughs> it's the teenage runaway thing that is a little bit too hard <laughs> to get by i don't think any of that was self-defense tim so no. i don't know if you're gonna just because you've like been cut off doesn't mean you can go around murdering young children no, no. in my opinion i don't know about anyone else's <laughs> uh steph are you a blaine sympathizer um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh at the way I put that. Sorry. <laughs> sort of. If, you know, if he's just a complete amnesiac and it's like he's been reset yeah. to before he was a zombie. It's the comparison to, um, see, we do, we've been doing a podcast about Angel, the series, for many, 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 many years. Uh, and so this immediately sounds familiar because if people aren't familiar, Angel is a vampire who got a soul. Angel, yeah. And when Angel's he was a, a vampire. <laughs> and when he was a – podcast had an amazing theme song for a while. Um, uh, uh, so when Angel got a soul, all the people – like he's he's murdered hundreds of people's horrible ways, murdered children, murdered – just murder people in front of other people that watch him suffer all this terrible, terrible stuff. I'm, you know, there was even, I believe some raping involved, but as soon as he got a soul, he suddenly, um, is redeemed and he is the hero of the story now. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's, 
weird to just kind of excuse someone like Angel and then be like, well, Blaine is Blaine. You know, Blaine killed Lowell. So <laughs> does getting retrograde amnesia give someone their soul back? I guess this discussion will Ooh. keep going on. I'm more, more interested in that than finding out where zombieism came from at this point. So. <laughs> Uh, what else? Steph, do you have the email open? Yes. You want to read one? My voice is tired. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do you want me to read, um... How about Michaela? Michaela's. Okay. Hi, guys. I'm a new listener. I just listened to the cast covering the season three premiere, and it was great. Keep it up. Thanks, Michaela. <laughs> about the episode last night, it was one of my favorites. <laughs> the understandable lack of laughs in episode one was definitely made up for in this one personally i couldn't stop laughing and despite that they still had very serious moments especially uh, in revealing the past of clive in relation to wally and his mama mm -hmm. tears and laughs tears and laughs mm -hmm. and that's the great thing about this show is that there is a good mix of content at least for those with a, a bit of a morbid sense of humor, like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping the murder was done by an unrelated group of anti-zombie bashers rather than Vivian, because I feel like that's almost too easy, too evil, too early. But we'll see, Michaela. <sighs> Boy, Michaela, I'm. I. It's like it's funny. Your head can play games with you. Like, yeah, that's right. That's that is too soon. Like evil right out the out the gate. But I'm almost thinking that we're going to be completely convinced at, at a certain point that she didn't do it. And then we're going to find out, boom, I've been behind yeah, it all. I, <laughs> I feel like the writers will make it – will make – will put a lot of spin on it, make it very interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, it won't be just simple cut and dry. Like, like I could say it could be too easy, but I have faith in the writers that it will be – I, I, whichever way it turns out, I don't know. You know, it could go either way. But uh, where are we at right it, now? I'm thinking it will Vivian be interesting. Did it. Where are you at? Yeah, same. Same, Steph. Uh, I I don't I don't know I don't know. Right. But but she made it because she's obviously implied that Blaine killed her husband. She's very against zombie on zombie crime. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe not. All right. So Marissa in DC sends us an email. Um, she says, uh, I'm loving the let's work together vibe of season three. As Ravi said, look at us working together to solve mysteries. We should get a van and a dog. <laughs> Although now that all of our heroes are on the same page, we have, we have to find new ways of creating conflict to keep things interesting. The Fillmore Graves zombies and inching towards D-Day really raises the stakes and the conspiracy nuts catching on to zombies in their midst is an interesting way to achieve some of the conflict the show needs. Conspiracy nuts are rarely correct, but unfortunately in this case, they've inadvertently stumbled onto the truth. Liv and Major were a bit over the top of this episode of the dad and teenage brains, but I loved it. So I'll let it pass. Yeah. I felt the same. I was like, Major's getting pretty crazy in this episode. I wonder how this is going down <laughs> with other people. I'm I'm personally laughing my ass off, but some people might, you know, sometimes critics like surprise me how they can turn things that seem like hilarious and awesome into like, <laughs> but it's not funny. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It also lightened up what was otherwise a pretty heavy storyline of a girl being sexually abused by her own stepfather. 
My unresolved question is why did the stepfather break things off with Winslow? Did the mom find out and intervene with her husband? I doubt it's because he suddenly grew a conscience. I don't remember them saying the stepfather broke things off. Yeah. Maybe they did. The Winslow did. She said he broke things off with me. Oh, okay. Maybe he did grow a conscience. (laughs) Um... Clive also we'll have some Ken sympathizers on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, go to jail, Ken. We don't like you. <laughs> Clive also got some heavy stuff to deal with in this episode, as he recalled meeting, befriending, and losing Anna and Wally. The multi-layer flashbacks were a bit awkward, but I can't think of any other way of spreading the narrative out over the episode. Poor Clive. His dating life has been a minefield. An abused wife and her son who suddenly leave and are later murdered. A deranged stalker wedding planner who is murdered. And a fellow cop who he needs to betray to protect Seattle from a zombie apocalypse. He can't catch a break. And given how his previous love interests have turned out, maybe we should be worried that Dale will end up dead. Winky face. Marissa, that was a badly placed winky face. <laughs> we do not wish Dale to be dead, nor do we want to joke about that. Does she mean undead? <laughs> uh, all right, I can deal with her being a zombie. Uh, yeah, I forgot about the wedding planner, but yeah, he's he's had a he's had a rough time, and then the whole vice thing. Oh. Um, Anna and Wally's murders don't look that they'll be solved anytime soon, though, so apparently they're part of a season-long mystery. In the meantime, we can look forward to the next episode, which will hopefully contain some of the Peyton that we were missing in this episode. Until next time, Marissa NDC. Thank you, Marissa. Awesome. So, you think that's it, folks, but there's still more feedback. Oh, so much more. (laughs) I couldn't believe this. Uh, 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 I... I uh, was about to post a feedback thread in the uh, in the group, and that's when uh, our new group member Jeff um, messaged uh, me and said, "You're gonna put a feedback post up," and I did. And dude, like, commented through the entire episode, and that's great. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping like people start like live watching in our Facebook group, and, and like <laughs> I'm taking notes, so I can't really do that. I tried to do the live, the live tweeting uh, in the last couple of seasons, but it really means I'll be up till like 3 a.m. rather than 1 a.m. Uh, getting the show Hey, together. I'm up till 6 a.m. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> and I haven't even got a stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sat in my bed <laughs> tweeting. Maybe I should have you do some of my work then. Uh, <laughs> no. So, uh, Jeff, I don't know. Uh, Steph, I think we. I'm going to like read a couple of his because I can't read every single one. Yeah, uh, well, the one that sticks out that we didn't talk about was uh, Good Girl, My Aunt Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, he mentions, yeah, the Silver St. Cloud. Um, uh, he said he was iffy about Clive being on Team Zombie, but uh, he likes having him in the loop now, so that's cool. I feel better because, like, before, the two seasons, I felt like we were laughing at Clive yeah. because he didn't know. Now I'm like, oh, he's still struggling, but we're kind of laughing at him and being in the know rather than just being like, ha-ha, you don't know this, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I feel like we have so much more to say about Clive now. I mean, he's, there's mm. there, there's a couple episodes in each season where I'm like, I have a lot to talk about Clive with. But a lot of the attention is kind of taken away uh, by, like, especially, like, Major's plotline dur- during the last seasons. But there's so much to talk about Clive now. It's great. 
Um, he did call. I, I wanted to mention Jeff called that uh, the mother had the husband killed. And uh, Well, you know, the mystery doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the least interesting part of the episode. Hey, let's give Jeff some credit. He figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not before Vampire Steve did, but uh, he says outstanding app anyway. Uh, what else? You want to read a little uh, Rachel Hughes says the needle drop of Sister Christian after Dad was singing it was equal parts unexpected, hilarious, wonderfully terrible. Oh, yeah. That, that crash was just so dark. Brutal. Uh, Viv says, you ever seen Game of Thrones? My heart is touched. <laughs> uh, Sean says, Liv wins my heart every episode. This show is the best. Sean is our new guy in the group, and I, gotta, I, I love it. Uh, Frank is always the guy that's every single time I post anything about Peyton, he's like, I love you, Peyton, and I love Peyton, I love Valley Machaca. Sean is my Rose McIver guy. He's always, always like puts hearts underneath everything about uh, Rose or Liv. So uh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, Liv wins my heart every episode. This show is the best, he says. Uh, oh, Michaela. Again. Yeah. yeah, this uh, was my favorite episode in a long while. I sent in uh, more Oh, her uh, in-depth review email, but yeah. uh, such a fun one. So quotable. Mm-hmm. Heather says, I'm just glad Clive is in the loop now. Such a new, exciting layer to the show. Love the direction the show is headed. And can I just say that Major and Teenage Girl Brain might have caused more laughter from me than I care to admit. He is so sassy. (laughs) (laughs) Gary says a good episode overall. I do like where the season's going. And there's my boy, Frank. Uh, Frank says this week's brains were my favorite brains since the frat boy one in episode two last season. Major as a teenage girl is comedy gold. Little fun fact about one of the singers that Liv mashed up into one big name during that scene where she told Major to turn the music down. I was born on the exact same day as Selena Gomez. She was also (laughs) the first concert I ever attended. Don't judge me. She's cute. (laughs) Uh, he follows up. He goes, when will these, when will abusers ever learn? You abuse someone, you'll have to deal with Clive. The dad that hit his kid in love and basketball learned. And now Wally's dad learns. I really enjoyed Ooh. the flashbacks of Clive's time with, uh, Willie. It's Wally. Wally. I kind of wish they didn't kill off Wally off, kill Wally off so soon. Another awesome episode. Very excited for the next one. And, uh, Mersic pokes him and says, no comment about no Peyton. And he says, I'm really upset about that. <laughs> That was that. This was just not my night in terms of actress. We had barely any Sabrina on the mech and no eyes, no Peyton on iZombie. Anyway, uh, what else? Rachel. Rachel says, "I just wait for the scene where Clive is watching Liv eat brain pizza, and he remembers that he ate some of her pizza in the past." <laughs> kind of bummed there wasn't any Peyton or Blay in this episode, but it's so nice to learn about Clive in his past. Go ahead, Steph. Sorry. I'm running out of air. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, Allie. Allie. Wally is, uh, Wally is the reason Clive got into Game of Thrones. And his Ooh. mom is awesome. I love how she keeps trolling Clive. I have so... Uh, I have, mm-hmm. I have so been looking forward to Major on Teenage Girl Brains, and I was not disappointed. It, I was more amused by Liv's dad brain than I expected. Do you need any money? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the cutest Scooby gang ever. Sorry, Buffy. 
Ravi going to live for advice because thanks dad brain and Clive's face every time team major and dad live interact love 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 so happy this show is back and to be watching along with you Robin and Steph thanks Allie yeah uh, Nikki has the last bit here I really enjoyed this Clive centric episode every time we learn more of his backstory or appreciate Malcolm Goodwin more but my favorite scene was Ravi and Liv's thanks dad brain moment it's just great to see all the characters have these kind of sweet interpersonal moments they are all they are all adapting to the bizarre reality they inhabit in wonderful ways right on Nikki Nikki I I, I love it oh Allie uh, something that bothers her oh. I'm I'm all down for Liv and Major not getting back into a romance and just being friends, but they're not even going to address it. I don't care how much zombie stuff is distracting them. They're both zombies. <laughs> they don't have any more obstacles to be together. Can't we just at least have a heart-to-heart? What kind of friends are they not to discuss their feelings? Yes, I agree fully. Ram a little bit, one more scene in one of these episodes <laughs> and give us some, if they're not going to give it, give it to us, give us some closure, folks. I mean, I mean some of us are, uh, what's the shipper name? <laughs> Lily Moore. Lily Moore's. Okay. Lily Moore. Um, all right. So that's it for feedback. Holy cow. Guys, that was crazy. I might have to start doing a feedback episode if it keeps coming in like that. Oh. <sighs> But I really, really appreciate it. Um, So uh, I guess uh, we have a little spoiler section coming up. But uh, before people tune out before that, um, I just wanted to say thanks, Cheyenne, for uh, being on the episode. You're welcome. (laughs) Do you want to give a little plug on where people can find you on the internets? Oh, yeah. Um, You can follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm at mainly, daily. Hourly uh, <laughs> is at iZombieLove, um, and I also have an Instagram for photo edits. And I had a Vine when that was a thing, but that's <laughs> yeah. dead now. <laughs> you made a great yeah. iZombie video on there, so yeah, I'm making longer video edits yeah. on uh, Twitter now. So awesome! Follow me. <laughs> All right, so uh, folks, next time on iZombie uh, is the episode Eat. Pray Live. Let's take a listen to the trailer from Eat, Pray, Live. Ew, he died doing what he loved. Sitting. The clarity of mindfulness will help us solve the case. Oh, damn. Dad's back. The sight of you makes me sick. How long do I have? Weeks, maybe. Fear of death is the lock of humanity's prison. Right. Zombie, all new this Tuesday at 9, 8 central on The CW. And we're back. Uh, so uh, a couple of notes I have from watching that trailer. Uh, so we got to have the hilarity of uh, Liv becoming a Zen master and Clive not being into it, which is great. I love that. I love that Clive and Liv stuff when Liv is being really out there. And it'll, it just, I don't know, from the really quick quotes we heard in the commercial it sounds more like old school living Clive in this episode mm-hmm. uh, we have the return of Angus with the, it looks like his lawyer um, but we also have Blaine on the other side of this desk with Peyton standing behind him like, mm. hmm, maybe advising him his lawyer <laughs> and so 
this is going to be interesting because the last time they met, they, they were together. Blaine was Blaine, and he had Candy and uh, Chief uh, torture Angus. Um, and now he doesn't probably remember any of that. So, <laughs> or does he? Um, and finally, in the trailer, it looks like Major's getting a bit sicker. So, yeah. Um, so this is the one. One bit of spoilery, spoilery uh, stuff, but nothing that either either of us have haven't seen yet. So, folks, if you really, we're not, I'm going to talk about further on down the line here. So, tune out if you don't want to hear it. But I got to say to both of you, I don't know, Steph, if you've seen them, but why are these press photos coming out that are so far ahead? There's, there's, pre- I don't know what. There's, there's press photos of like episode five already that are out. Yeah, I've seen them. There's two photos that are really kind of bothering me that I'd seen them, um, and I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's not going to be a huge point of the plot by the time we get there that these press photos are out, but there is one. There's Okay, I'll get to this less severe one. The first one is made, uh, Ravi showing Major the bunch of uh, needles, and it looks like there's going to be a cure happening in episode four. Major's going to have to make the big decision, uh, probably as oh. a result of what happens in episode three. It looks like Major's doing a lot of coughing in episode three. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the other one is Peyton and Blaine kissing. Yeah. There's a scene mm. of them, like, snogging on a couch. <laughs> so, like, why well, do you snogging? I'm happy to hear that America uses the word snogging. Well, Robin, Robin's mom is British. Yes. Uh-huh. Robin, my name is Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I don't know. I'm not. You hate that you know that that's gonna happen. I mean, it's like I I could assume it, but now I'm like, oh, episode five, Peyton and uh, Blaine at least have a kiss. Mm. It could be like a kiss, a and then they pull away pull away from each other. Like no, <laughs> yeah, the heart wants what the heart wants. Or there was tequila involved. Uh, one of the two. <laughs> It's in Peyton and Liv's apartment. That that's going to be awkward for Liv if she comes home during that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Honestly, this was literally the best podcast we've ever done. And you were so good to be champ. I'm proud of you. Oh my God, Steph, stop! You're embarrassing me in front of our audience. You've got nothing to be ashamed of, kiddo. I believe in you. Wow, we're like totally best friends, right? Sure thing, buddy. Sure thing? Why don't you take me seriously like a grown-up, Steph? There's an Ariana Grande song that I need to play you right now that totally reminds me of you. As long as we play it at a volume that won't wake the dead. Ugh, fine. God. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robin Yero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net. 
slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombieLove. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!